sorry guys, it's our first show. How do I turn this thing down? <laughs> Are we, we turn this down? There we go. Are we live? Okay. Are we? We can do it live! Hello. So, since YouTube live, again, if we do have technical difficulties, uh, like we did uh, last week and uh, we have a little bit of a glitch, obviously thank every single one of our guests or followers who give us a heads up, but bear with us. We're... Uh, we're figuring we're figuring out a lot of stuff from the Facebook to uh, YouTube transition. So, um, no buffering. There we go. Yeah, no buffering. So, uh, other than that, happy Monday, everybody. TGIM. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, we is. have we have a very special guest with us, gentleman I went to high school with, Mr. Sev Ohanian. Sev. Thanks so much for taking time out of your Monday to be with us, man. Are you kidding me? Thank you for having me. This yeah. is my first ever live. Anything, live anything? I mean, live on podcasts and, yeah. and okay. interviews. Okay. So, like, can we? If I say the wrong thing, can we rewind? Can we yeah. edit it out? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, there's a 13 second delay for uh, for a reason. <laughs> Wait, is there really? Yeah. yeah there oh is. wow, that's yeah. awesome. So I mean, you have 13 seconds to kind of <laughs> to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that's you change so your funny. mind, you have one choice. You see that red button? <laughs> yeah, you the red button. You put you push and run. It. Simple as that. Keep it deletes everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. In uh, in Hollywood, is there a red button that you could push and kind of book it, or is it basically just push the cameraman and just run away and never return? But uh, yeah. Sev, Sev and I went to high school together, uh, Hoover High, to oh, be and, specific. And Levy coached Sev's sister. Levy has coached everybody. I think so, seriously. Bro. Well, he, Levy well, was. Levy, I think he was scouts too. Scouts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scouts mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny Lev, how much. Have you ever coached me? I'm <laughs> just wondering. I think I'm the only person. Oh, Levy would have been a great realtor, bro. <laughs> All these connections, he knows everybody. <laughs> Everyone knows Levy. It's like amazing. Oh man! All right, I think I figured it out. Did you? I you think did? so. Okay, there you go. Ah, there it is. There's a link. Yeah, it's a swipe up link. Yeah, I should be. Are you tornado as well? No, no, he's a dynamite. Dynamite, you're a dynamite. No. Yes, sir. I'm wait, 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 were you guys here. dynamites or were you guys nitros? I never understood. We're nitros. Is nitro. Is nitro? I, I thought I thought you guys were G sevens though. <laughs> 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 That's oh, 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 oh. Was that what it was? You just cut off of Glendo and not one of them, sir. <laughs> right off, go. We're done. <laughs> right off the bat. So I, I think spoken like a said, true Hoover alumni. Hey, listen, it's three to one today. I really don't care. I. I think Luckily, we gotta wrap up the it. show now, bro. I don't, think, I don't think we can go anywhere. We can't, Sam. You fuck <laughs> you, this shit you up. Can, <laughs> <laughs> I told you bring Trojans. He was at Seven Eleven. He's like, "What do you guys want?" I said, oh "Bring some God. Trojans." <laughs> I didn't realize you were gonna use it. <laughs> no lube. No, but you know what's funny, man? I forgot about that. Ironically, we beat your asses in you did, you did, year. pretty much every year. Um, <laughs> I remember when I went to college and I was trying to explain like this football rivalry. My friends were like, "Oh, did you go to Texas?" Like, I'm like, "No, like, like in LA." They're like, "Who cared about football in LA?" I was like, "Oh, you guys didn't." That's <laughs> a big deal, man. Actually, we were both so horrible. The last game was always between Hoover and Glendale, and it's either you would go zero and ten. Or you would go one and nine. It was oh, two man. options in a sense. Oh my God. Not every year. I'm sure Glendale and Hoover have had their good years, but when I played, we were probably bro. Terrible. The worst, the worst part the of same. You know, the worst part of Glendale's and Hoover's uh, football was basically you didn't even need to try out. You just showed up <laughs> and you were on the team. 
like no tryouts nothing like you know i need i need the fastest runner i need the you know i need a good quarterback with a strong arm it's like you show up okay who's who could throw the ball the furthest no accuracy is needed because every every play was a hell mary it was just throw it up and so here's i go into football i was a soccer player senior year my soccer coach goes moves on to football and he's like hey ed i need a kicker I was like, well, okay, I'll kick, whatever. I'll, I'll join football, you know. A lot of things, positive things come with football playing. Like what? I won't mention a couple. Prom queen? <laughs> <laughs> you get to have a lot of good food. Uh, okay. uh-huh. Oh, yeah. the bulking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When you're hanging out with 300-pound guys all the time, you get to eat good food. So anyways, I go into kicking. Second or third week of hell week with this coach, no one's used to him coaching. So his hell week was, it was hell. And a few of the guys quit. So I started playing uh, running back just to keep practice going. I had never played football before that. And next so thing you know, I, I turned into a running back. How would you read the plays, though? Or how would you understand well, the I play? only knew power right, power left. <laughs> I didn't know much. <laughs> was was that still around when you were going to school? or Who's that? Oh, Dr. Vizay. Was, she, was it Dr. Vizay? I think she was. Vizay. I think she was Dr. Doctor? Vizay. She was on the first floor. You'll remember uh, her, man. Old lady, mm. like practically almost breaking apart, like shriveled mm. up. Yeah. Do you remember where the main entrance was to the uh, administrative office? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you remember like there was the uh, there was a police the uh, what's it called the the police officer's office was like right there. Vizay was like right next door. Mm. To him. Was she like if if you got in trouble you'd have to go talk to her? No, no that no, was Fox. No. She, Fox or Welsh? Was she a history Welsh. teacher or what? Yeah. Was she a history teacher? Visit? Well, she was she was a teacher, and then she became administrator during our time. Oh, she did. Yeah, okay. Because I know I know before swim practice, I would see her at six a.m. She had this kind of a hunchback. She was always swimming like a little yo in the pool, and she would run too. Dude, I remember her. Yeah, yeah. You was just she back. I remember her. Yeah, yeah. So she was around in the two thousands. Wow. Yeah, she was uh, 2004 is when I graduated. Let's and check she and was see if she's still there. <laughs> and she, <laughs> and she <laughs> was there. And she was there. But I think our generation was probably, as well, not, not you or you. Well, Edgar somewhat. I think our generation was the last of that Hoover kind of, you know, just actual high school kids. Nowadays, I don't. I I look at the high school kids now. It's just it's half of them are like dancing in front of cars and streets, TikToking. Miss Vizay, she was a Holocaust survivor. I remember she had tattoos. Was it Miss Vizay or was it Doctor Vizay? I remember she had tattoos and she would say she wasn't my teacher, but <clears throat> but lunchtime guys and uh, my friends and I would sit right in front of her class, so I would see her all the time, and she'd always talk about her um, Holocaust survivor. The Holocaust. Uh, what do you call that? Tattoo? The uh, number she had. Um, they would tattoo the number on them. Yeah. Holy um, shit. Branding, whatever it was called. <coughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know that about I calling know. it branding. Do they call it branding on humans too? I don't know about that. One. I'm sure John knows. John, yeah. what do they call it? Is John with us today? Yeah. Nice. So Lev said she passed away five, seven years ago. Oh, well, damn. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure she was probably in her 90s. Easily, at, at least. Easily, at least. Easily. Enough easily. of Miss Lizay. Let's talk about Sev here. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> So, for those of you to actually tuning in and uh, actually, you know, seeing Sev for the first time or being introduced to Sev for the first time, um, Sev is basically, he's, he's well-known as far as in production, in writing. Um, you've, done, you've done writing for quite a few things and you've done production as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first, let me put it to you guys this way. 
one of the best ways to remember Sev, as far as with our generation especially, is there's this video on YouTube. It's called My Big Fat Armenian Family. <laughs> if you guys go back to that and watch it, Sev, that was one of the first kind of projects that you started off doing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And this was done with, like, what, homemade home cameras and no lighting, yep. none of the crazy stuff that goes into production now, right? Exactly that, yeah. And, I mean... I'm assuming that's where the passion started as far as film. With yeah. You. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about these Armenian videos that I used to make right out of high school. Um, but you know what? While we're on the topic of Hoover, can I tell you guys the actual beginning of my career as a filmmaker? Of course. Please. Yeah. Because uh, it's all actually thanks to Hoover. Okay. So when I was... Oh, you're the only person I've ever heard say anything positive about that. Then, absolutely. absolutely. So <laughs> when I was a student at Hoover High School, in my senior year... I got afflicted with a really serious medical disorder. I was, it was my second, it was my final semester at Hoover. I'd already gotten into my dream colleges um, and I got really sick. And, and the disorder was called senioritis. You guys familiar with it at all? No. No. Senioritis is when you're a few months away from graduating from high school <laughs> and you just stop caring. <laughs> it's, it's a serious, you should talk to your doctor if you, you know somebody who. <laughs> I felt um, something was coming. I was like, so, oh, man. so I, you know, I, I, I was excited because I was about to go to UC San Diego um, to study journalism. And so when you I forgot to show up to Hoover. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, so when I was at Hoover, I was actually, I was the editor-in-chief of our high school newspaper, the Tornado Times, which I'm sure you guys read yeah. every issue, right? Of course. Of course. I, I, still, I still do. I still okay, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. I have a <laughs> stack of it in my house right now. I have the 70s copies. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to go for college. I was, I was going for journalism. And I happened to be in this class that was an AP environmental sciences class. And like I said, I was really sick. I was kind of over it. And the teacher notified me one day that I was actually on track to get a D in the class. And I was a pretty good student. I was mostly a kind of student. On track for getting a D. Yes. And so it, was, it was not good. Yeah. D isn't the great, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, Of yeah, course, yeah. of course. <laughs> so so I, was, I was like, oh, crap. Like, if, if this happens, I'm gonna, I'm not, I might get kicked out of college. Sometimes, like, they uninvite you if they see, like, your transcript wasn't great. So I panicked. And I was like, is there anything I could do to, like, make it up? And... She's like, I guess you can write like a uh, an essay about something environmental. I was like, dang, I don't want to write an essay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, why don't I make a video? She's like, a video? Because I had just, like my dad had just given me our, our family home video camera to like fix or something. And I was like, it was sitting on my desk at home. I was like, yeah, I'll make a video. I had no idea how to make a video ever. So she's like, sure, make a video. I might give you a C. So that weekend, um, I had the video camera and I was like, all right, what do I need? I need to shoot something. And how am I going to put it together? I was like, I got I to gotta buy editing software, which, you know, at the time was costing like five, $600. Luckily, I found a discount online for free. Very good discount. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great discount. <laughs> and <Big torrent>. <laughs> <laughs> You shopped there as well? <laughs> so I'm like, I was a broke high school student. And, and uh, I remember I was like, all right, so I got to shoot something environmental. And I was like, what can I do? Should I go to the park? Should I do something? And it was like due in a few days. I decided to make a video that was about Hoover High School's severe trash problem. Oh, yeah. But the issue was Hoover High School did not have a trash problem <laughs> whatsoever. Um, it, was, it was a fairly, fairly clean campus. You know, yeah. like there'd be a little bit of a mess. Was it really? It, was, it honestly was. In my time, it was. I don't know if, I don't know if it no, was it for was. your time. No, it was. It was. But I needed it. I needed, to, I needed to not get this D in this class. So I brought my camera to school. And I remember at lunch, I was, I was hanging out with my friends on the quad. We had this outdoor quad. 
And one of my friends is like, I just had the camera. I'm like, I just got to like, I got to shoot something. And my buddy was almost done with this burger. And I was like, hey, man, like, would you mind doing me a favor? He's like, sure. I'm like, you're almost done with your burger. He's like, yeah. He's like, do you want some? I was like, no, but can you drop it on the floor for me? He's like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah, just please. But hold, give me a second. Got the camera. I was like, all right, go. And he just like dropped it on the burger. I was like, great. I went to a girl. I'm like, hey, could you mind spilling your soda? Could you mind throwing? And like, before you knew it, I had all this incredible footage of like fellow students just trashing the quad. And I was shooting it like slow motion, getting nice angles. Um, and then I was, I shot that and started going to classrooms. I started interviewing teachers about trash. And I'm like, you know, what do you think about Hoover's trash problem? And they're like, doesn't have a trash problem. I'm like, <laughs> people are saying it does. I'm like, do you not agree? You not? And they're like, oh, I guess you're. And people started like, yeah, yeah, it has a trash problem. It's awful. Like, we got to fix it. So then I put together a 20-minute video. You just explained a lot with that sentence, by the way. Absolutely. 20-minute <laughs> video, and the narration on the video was me. Like, I was, I was narrating, the, and the narration was like, this Hoover High School has a severe trash problem. It's, it needs to be addressed. And it wasn't because I was trying to be dramatic. It's because I recorded it at 3 a.m. while my parents were sleeping the night before it was due. <laughs> the and night before <laughs> it's due, like every other project. And the entire soundtrack was exclusively licensed by System of a Down. Thank you, Serge and everybody. Obviously, I just did not license it from them, but it's it's in yeah. there. 20 minutes, there's like operatic System of a Down music, slow motion, like burgers falling down. So then um, I finished the video. I was able to manage to put on it like a CD or DVD. I brought it in to the to the teacher. I was like, all right, hey, you know, hey, ma'am, like here, here was the makeup thing. She's like, why are you giving it to me? I was like, reminder, like you said I would, I would get a, you know, you might give me a C. She's like, no, no, no you got to play it for everybody. I was like, oh, whoa, I did not anticipate, like, anyone seeing this thing other than this teacher. So she's like, all right, class, like, we're going to, we're going to set, made a video for everybody. I was like, yo, like, I was like, can I, can I actually play it next week? Like, give me a few more days. So she made me put the DVD in and the video played 20 minutes. And to my shock, people were laughing at the right times. They were like, like being shocked because there was a great video I have of one of, one of the professors at our, at our campus um, he's an administrator. His name rhymes with Kelsch. I won't say who it is, though. Who was I was interviewing, and as I was interviewing, I was kind of zooming in behind them where their their own trash can was overfilled, and it was, like, on the floor. And the students were loving it. And then at the end, I got this voiceover about how we all got to, like, come together and save our campus. And the video, the campus is totally trash, but it was my fault. I'm so sorry. And the video half, ended. Half the kids in the video got <laughs> suspended the next day. <laughs> People clapped. The teacher had tears in her eyes. And she told me we're going to play this every year at orientation for that one. You're shitting and, me, bro. And I got an A in the class. There you go. A in the class. This, this is a true story. Do you That's, have that video till today? Or did you I think I do, actually, yeah, at my parents' house. That, thi- that, um, that thing be sick, must huh? be classic. I mean, yeah. Have I, you ever tried <coughs> uploading that to you, like a YouTube I video? I have it, but maybe I should. You I should. should I'm going to go watch it again. I got, I got to dig it up. Because I'm sure you've improved over the years. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was the best thing I ever made. <laughs> but He's still using the same <laughs> camcorder. <laughs> just a bigger lens on there. So, so, like, we're talking about Hoover. We're talking about film. Like, it was really my first ever film audience. And yeah. it was to save my butt. I ended up going to UC San Diego uh, for journalism. But uh, what started happening was, you know, once I figured out how to use that camera, I it was something that I kind of like would take around with me, you know, like to my friend's house that have a camera, I'd shoot, you know, oh, that was cool, just, just, just for fun. And then, you know, I had a group of friends that we were all in Home and I Met Arat Scouts while I was in high school and even beyond. And our friends and I, we would, you know, when we're all at camp together hanging out, like I'm sure like you guys, we would get into just impersonating our parents out of love Definitely. but like you know friends of mine are like oh my god bro i just came home last time my dad reamed me 
He's like, Vortagir! And we would just be dying laughing. So I started taking out my camera and started recording my friends just for fun. And then, ooh, mama. <laughs> oh, yeah. The classics. The classics. So, so I, made, I made a little short video based on that. Like literally like, oh, what happened if you came home and your dad's waiting for you? And one of my buddies, Edgemean, he like played the dad beautifully. And we put it, we put it on YouTube. And this video I shot, by the way, on the same home video camera that my dad bought to go to, like, you know, Italy with their family. Um, <laughs> the one on and, the shoulder. <laughs> and I had no lighting. While we're shooting, I was laughing my butt off and holding the camera, shaking it. You can hear me laughing. I yes. think you know this. And I put it on YouTube. And I, I remember very clearly I went to get a haircut. So I put it on YouTube, went to get a haircut, and I sent it to my four friends on AIM and A1 Instant Messenger for all you kids. Yeah, I am. And and uh, <laughs> and uh, and I remember when I came back an hour, hour and a half later from the haircut, to my shock, random people were texting me who I had not sent the video to, saying, "Dude, I love your video. It's incredible. Who sent it to you?" And I sharing it. It was it was the one of the earlier examples in my life of like viral video going viral. And what was crazy is I hadn't told any of my friends I was putting it on YouTube. And I remember my buddy Edgemi was like, dude, I was walking and some girls pulled up to me being like, ah, you're that guy. And like it was it became like this little phenomenon at our time. Like yeah. people in our school and in our community were sharing it. And then eventually people around the world were sharing it, which is yeah. what blew my mind. Like kids in Germany saying, oh, mama, or like with their German accents. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, like just just to answer your question, like, yeah, like if that's where you knew me from, that that was honestly the beginning. I'm telling you, man, like, this is, what year was this? Like, maybe 2006, 2007? 2007, the first video went online. Yeah, and for us, it was, like, us watching. And, see, my my parents are from Iran. I mean, obviously, our dialect, as far as speaking Armenian, isn't that. But watching it and just listening to the conversation, like, you relate to it right away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right away. It's like... You go out, you come home, parents are there. And hey, I mean, I, gotta, I was going to tell you guys, the worst was when you come home like 1230 and the people that were just at your house have kids that are like, you know, university graduate students and doctors. <laughs> and then you come home trash two in the morning and the, their parents just left. You were screwed the next oh morning. The, the funniest thing is like. Nar the character Narbe is this his real name is Narbe right yeah, yeah okay yeah. Narbe himself was probably one of the worst kids you could ever want to have <laughs> bad grades bad driver Palm Springs wait, wait, wait. coming home the real life Narbe or the uh, the character no 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 the character yeah the character, the character. Narbe's no, a good no, guy no 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 the it's character. not Palm Springs it's Palm Springs Palm Springs Palm Springs exactly yes. Palm Springs <laughs> Like it was like, <laughs> like it was a shit show after a shit show. Yep. Like everything was like getting worse and worse and worse in this guy's life to the point where, it, and if I'm not mistaken, you edited out probably him saying Sikhtireli. Man, you are a true fan. Did you? That's very <laughs> true. It used to <laughs> end with, he's like, Narba, inches is says, Narba, mebanasa. Yeah. Oh, pop. And I was like, you know what, man? I gotta be, I gotta be family friendly. Like I can't have this. So I, I literally. Uh, in in the film industry, there's something called ADR, which is like when you have an actor re-record their lines, automatic dialogue dialogue replacement, and you just swap it in. I just had my friend just like yell it into the camera, and it was like horror. It was like Vazi, Vazi. It's like you can't even hear what he's saying, but he's saying Vazi, Vazi, Sanyakid. But his mouth is saying Sikhi. Oh man! But you, but you know what I'm proud of of those videos? Because the second one, I was like, "How do I build upon this?" And I was like, "All right, you know what? I'll have a, introduce the mom character and introduce the sister character." And I'm really proud because that 
second video is the daughter, uh, Ramallah, who was played by my sister Ramallah, asking or having going on a date with her buddy, with, with a guy named Orbel, okay? And, you know, the, the premise of the video is she's here, Orbel comes up to, like, knock on her door to take her on a date, and he's like, I want to say, say hi to your parents. And she's like, no, 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 we just go. And he's like, she's like, no, I want to say hi to your parents. I'm of Shinra Kintraim, you know? She comes in to her, to her dad. The dad just flips out. It starts off so, oh, Barav just, he's always calling him the wrong name. Like, oh, Gortzumpez. All that Barav Hopar. He's like, is he gangster? <laughs> but what I'm really proud of with that video is the whole time, like, the parents are treating Ramallah like, you know, the second-class citizen. You have to answer for everything. And at the end, Narba shows up, opens the door, grabs a jacket, and just leaves. <laughs> and it's like, yes, and it's like, he's like, yes, Shinai. But the idea is that it's a commentary that in our culture, the guys are kind of given all this free reign, and the uh, girls have to answer for yeah. everything. It's true. And, 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 and to me, I was, you know what, man? Like, that was a, that was a very pro-feminist but, Armenian video. So it was all Parskahe characters, Orbel, Narbe. Yeah. Artin, oh, Narbe. Yeah. <laughs> Even the dialect was Parskahe. Yeah, it was hella Parskahe. Yeah. But then out of all the people in there, was it your family you were closely imitating or is just a no, collection like, of all of your experiences not it's definitely not my family i you know like to be frank like i have incredible parents incredible sister like and and you know you were saying like you would come home trash and there was like the parents of the kids just went to university and they're amazing that w- those are my parents yeah, so like basically. i'm sorry i was the guy that was making you look bad but <laughs> your parents no but no but all, all ba- the- bashing his friends basically <laughs> look at this loser hey let's make a film out of your life <laughs> Hey, life. <laughs> all, all, all jokes aside, I think there's I think there's a little bit of Narba in all of us, right? We've yeah, all, definitely. especially with our Armenian parents, man. Like I'm, you know, I'm the guy, or you know, like you. Oh my God, I'm just I'm laughing, remembering the video where he's like, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm just remembering my own stuff and laugh, laughing. But it, it was always semi autobiographical because who didn't go to Palm Springs? And imagine a movie in which a guy saying, "We're gonna go to Palm Springs to save our family." It, it's it's so over the top, but it's perfect. Like what was really true to me was in the in the movie that I ended up making based on these videos, there was a cousin that came from Barskastan. Yeah, yeah. And I remember for me, like that was actually very autobiographical because I had a cousin who came to America when RB. Not <laughs> you're just guessing the first guy name. He's like sixty uh, percent. <laughs> did he come from Otrish? Definitely, yes, definitely. Yes. But I remember there was a cousin that came from from the old country that was that was like held to this crazy high standard. Yeah. Whereas like it was like oh so and so that's at the Marta at the Marta at the because you know we were softer because we grew up in L.A. and like we didn't have that hard life. So I think it was always taking some a little bit of honesty and just something that at the very least you can relate. If you, if it wasn't you, you knew someone that it was. Um, but yeah, my big family and family, man. We're making a sequel, actually. Believe it or not. Oh, you really? Are. No, man. That's as in, like, with as recent, like you guys are starting it, so or are you in the writing process? Here's the deal: when that movie was coming out, you know, there was all these young Armenians who were followers of ours on MySpace, and we literally had made MySpaces with the actual characters. It was amazing. And one of the young kids who loved the series was a little guy named Ryan Ibrahamian. He's like 10 years younger than me. And, you know, we were selling tickets. We were selling all sorts of stuff. He got very involved. He's like, I want to buy like 20 tickets. I went to his house personally, you know, sold him the tickets to his family. They came to the premiere. They had all this, you know, whatever. And over the years, he would always reach out to me on social media. Hey, man, I'm studying film. I'm studying film. And I eventually went to USC for graduate school for their film school. And when I graduated, a year or two later, I actually began teaching at USC as an adjunct teacher. So I taught there for four and a half years teaching undergrads film. One day, one of my students in my undergrad class is that Ryan guy, Ryan Ibrahimian, walks through my door. I was like, wait, what? I was so happy, so proud. I got to teach him, you know, among a bunch of other students. And straight up, he was one of the better students. Like, he has a lot of passion for what he does. 
And when, you know, I sold out of the DVDs for my Big Family Family within months. Like, it was gone, like thousands of DVDs, and I just never got around to printing more. I got super busy with my Hollywood stuff and all, you know, the, the non-Armenian filmmaking stuff. And I always thought, okay, one year I'll re- release them, re-release them. Ten years passed, and, like, who's buying DVDs? I'm like, let me just put this thing on YouTube for free. Like, so many people have asked for it. So the whole movie now is available on YouTube. But I needed to have somebody, like, do some technical stuff to, you know, edit the subtitles or whatever. Ryan volunteered to do it, and he and he did a phenomenal job. And over the last year and a half during the, or during the COVID pandemic, Ryan himself started posting little videos of him on Instagram as, like, an Armenian family. And they're hilarious. I guarantee you guys have seen him. He's like this. He's like the the, the father, the Ryan. wife. Is he a heavyset guy? A little bit, yeah. I I know his family. Yeah, Ryan. that's my boy. His uh, his dad's name is Nori. Poss- possibly, yeah. I don't know. I, I and he, I, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Ryan. Ryan. I don't I'll, know. I'll show you guys a video. Bro, you'll die laughing. He's he's I, incredible. I know his dad from a long time ago. Gotcha. Sounds like you guys have some dark. No, 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 no. They <laughs> <laughs> we went to Palm Springs together. <laughs> yeah, Baba. <laughs> so, anyway, so long story short, I'm like loving what Ryan's doing, and you know, the guy is starting off his career now in the industry. He's doing really good for himself. But I was like, dude, you have this amazing passion. You're so funny. You're yeah. so talented. I made my big family family for a budget of eight hundred dollars, like total. It was I, I I say this all the time. I wrote it, I directed it, I shot it, I produced it. I did every job except for makeup, and then the makeup artist quit, so I did that too. And it's awful makeup. And I'm like Ryan, like why don't I give you not eight hundred dollars? I'll give you a couple thousand dollars, and you make your own movie. We'll call it my big family family too. It'll this will be about the cousins of the first family, and let's modernize it. Let's make it about Instagram. Let's make it about like, Ubers and like all this stuff that is brand new and like I'm yeah. sure there's hilarious conversations happening with the family so he, he owes me a new draft of the script we'll see when maybe we'll, maybe we'll get some of the original actors but who knows he, he's a Uber driver now it's <laughs> I mean come on <laughs> Lyft <man>. driver <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not gonna share that part right now or, I'm just like to me it's like I just to me it's like I wish I was in high school when my mom's like Vortages I'm like mom but partying Ubering for some Ubering cha Jesus the Uber it's like it's like you know how much fun stuff can you like do now with the modern modern world that we live in <laughs> the guy just literally came up with the script yeah, for the movie in like five minutes wow. <laughs> not even are you Pot- sure this is your first life <laughs> such an Armenian, especially Parskahai. I mean, with that whole conversation, right, about everything you have to be careful of because the whole, the whole world is out to get you. It's like, bro, just relax, mom, dad. Don't worry. There's other kids out there. I'm not the I'm not the only teenager in town. Oh, <laughs> I just like I my mind's going crazy. It's like man, Narbija Matin Zima Bond Bata through is the Satan Mat me bondka on the Snapchat. It's like Mom, no one uses Snapchat anymore. It's only fans now. 
Oh my god, that would be an amazing like set piece. Oh, man. And then like the dad's like, telephone bears from Kazani. He's like. <laughs> John, how many followers do you have on OnlyFans? <laughs> and what do you charge? <laughs> well, John Black actually says my mom used to tell me I wouldn't amount to anything because I never cared about school, but I make more than my five siblings combined. combined. <laughs> and <laughs> she says I could see the guilt in her eyes because she remembers her, all, you know, what, what she, she used, used to tell to me. Yeah. Here, mom. Here's your Bentley. Is <laughs> Wait, who's who's John? And like, does he is he hiring? Like, I can I'll work for him. John Black. Did you get that name from Joe Black? You guys related or seriously? Maybe. <laughs> it's so. Fu- I remember I had a, I had this one friend in high school, bro. Anytime we were at their house, like hanging out, chill, everything. Is that what we say? Marches <laughs> Darna. <laughs> That's and like, and you. Like, will no, ne- you won't be human. Yeah, is that, no, no like, shame. Like, okay, there's, there's other people yeah. here. Like, okay, put your son aside. Talk to him in front of his friends. Marches <laughs> like, as in, like, you're not gonna be a man, basically. Yeah. Bro, I, I love it, man. Like, my favorite sketch in that movie is when uh, they're all at Palm Springs. It's a tense weekend, and and like, uh, they're having dinner, and Arbo, the cousin who just came from Barskastan from Iran, is sitting there, and and the dad is like, oh. Arbo, whiskey khamas? Whiskey? <laughs> He's like, oh, my love whiskey bear me. He, he grabs the whiskey and he, and he pours it for, for Arbo, the cousin. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. And then the, the son, Narba, is like, he lifts his cup. He, like, ignores his son. But Pop means, cousin, Pop, you're sending whiskey with him. Whiskey to son mechas. Arbon tossed the vets He's like, Arbon Marta. It's like this notion that, like, like the. the <laughs> But but have these have these scenarios actually occurred throughout your life? I mean, because usually, typically, stories comedy comes from experiences and being around family, public, right? That that's where. Yeah, it does. I mean, to to is that where you get your material from as well as far as for for like for for that stuff honestly no i mean i think it's just it's just writing like i remember yeah. when i was when i was writing that movie and i had no idea how to write a movie you know like i didn't know that you that i didn't even know that there was a way to do it i was i was at gcc for summer school and it was like a astronomy class or something it was like some science class and i was just the whole time i was just writing i'm like okay this is a movie like like thematically what that movie is about is about old-fashioned armenian parents and they're you know modernized americanized young kids and having a culture clash and ultimately it all unfolds over one weekend on a family trip to palma springs so i was imagining okay that the act two should be them going on the trip you know and like the midpoint is like the best moment and then the break to three is like so i I just i start from that top level and i'm like okay i want a scene that's going to really demonstrate the differences of the families falling apart at the seams. Okay, it's, it's, and chronologically, this is happening when they got to Palm Springs. So they're having dinner, and then I come up with, okay, how do I demonstrate the rift that's forming between Narba and his cousin? Well, everything goes back to the father. and So it's like, I think very scientifically, yeah. and, and it ultimately boils down to, like, I, I don't try and think of funny scenes. I try and think of, like, what's going to further the character's plot and arcs, and then from there it comes up with some funny ideas. How long did it take you to write that? Um, two months. Okay, so it's not too bad. Yeah, I wrote that in two months, and then we shot it over a couple of months. The very first day we shot, it's insane. We shot um, in my friend's house in Santa Clarita. That was that was our Palm Springs set. Uh, and we shot a 17-hour day. 
because I didn't know you're supposed to stop <laughs> after a while. I was like, overtime. You thought you're supposed Double to make time. it all happen. In one <laughs> I don't know. So, so we started it like in the morning and then we stopped at like 4 a.m. But yo, this, oh my God. So we were shooting in Santa Cruz and the movie's climax at the end of the movie is this emotional scene where the father dripping wet comes home in the middle of the night in Palm Springs and begs his family to let him back into the house because it's been this horrible dramatic you know situation sprinklers and all exactly so he's like Rima I love you Norbejan <laughs> and they're just yelling and it's really emotional and my, my actors did an amazing job and so it's 4 a.m. <laughs> in Santa Cruz I don't know what a film permit is at the time I have no idea I'm, I'm so ignorant here okay I was like 18 we shot this scene and I'm lighting it with my one my dad's Home Depot work light. <laughs> like it looks like awful. The <laughs> camera shaking. You see, you see the camera shadow in the back. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Orange extension. So, <laughs> were you there? <laughs> so then, okay, so we finished shooting. All right, all right, guys. Okay, here you come. I talked to him. So everyone, were like, we're packing up to go again. It's me, my makeup artist who hadn't quit yet at this time, and my sister, my friend Narbet, my other friend Edgemin, and like the guy's house that we were in. And then I, someone's like, "Hey, there's cops coming," and it was three cop cars and we were in a cul-de-sac flying towards the house and it's, it was actually a scary image because they had their sirens on but no like the lights were on but no sound yeah uh, it's, it's late yeah but it felt like I was in like a John Wick movie so you I was took like, advantage of that no, wait, no, no wait no, no, let no. me put the cameras back up again guys. no 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 so, check, so I'm like I'm like oh man I'm just gonna be like I'm gonna explain to them like oh they probably maybe somebody's like oh were they making some noise I was like wait we were making a lot of noise but whatever I'll explain to them so I'm like hey guys I got this I just start walking towards the cops, and then the cops, like, they screeched, and then the doors flew open. I'm not kidding. They pointed guns at us. From the crack of the door and the car, they're like, freeze! Get the F down! They're, like, cursing. Like, F word, everything. Like, get the F down! And we're like, whoa, like, what the? I've never in my life had a gun pulled on me. And my sister is there, who's never had a gun pulled on her. Our friends are there. My friend Edgemeen is inside the house wearing a fake bra with makeup on. Okay. Come to and me, Charlie, mommy, Charlie. <laughs> That would have been normal today. But they, <laughs> they slammed us. Bro, I'm telling you, they slammed us into the hood. My sister just on the freaking hood. And she's a lawyer, by the way, right now. And like they're like, what the F are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, somebody possibly been like, there's some Arabs over here. Because <laughs> we're like, we were like in Santa Cruz, like yelling in Armenia in the middle of the night. Not my smartest decision. I'm like, we're making a movie, we're making a movie. I don't care. And then Narbel walks out wearing a hoodie with his two hands in the hoodie. Ooh. I heard like 15 guns like clocking on him. I'm like, Norbert, it's okay. Bro. My friend Edmund comes out with his boobs on and his fake makeup. Bro, they almost killed him. It was awful. <laughs> oh so we're explaining. We're explaining. We're like, guys, it was a Imagine movie. That, Do you have a permit? I'm like, what's a permit? Like, they're, what? like, they're like, get the F out of here. Never come back. I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry. And we came back the next day, kept shooting. But no more 17-hour days and no more middle of the night. But that was my first day ever of filming an actual feature film. Not my best moment. Holy Man, shit. You, you could have lost half your actors. Or our lives. That's what I mean. It's like halfway through the movie, Raman has a different girl. <laughs> what happened? Cops killed her. <laughs> <laughs> we have to say, well, uh, we just killed off his sister, literally. You know, budget issues. <laughs> budget issues. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, oh, wow. man. But I, as far as the second one you were mentioning... Is that really in the works? I mean, does he want, is it going to be like kind of like actually film filmed on a professional level or is it going to be kind of just like Look, a little student I do project? think part of the charm is that it's not – it shouldn't be too professional. And I think what makes these films work is that there is a script, but a large part of it is improvised by our actors. And we had brilliant actors. 
And I do think given a few thousand dollars and it's still an incredibly small crew, I think it can work. Like with the iPhone shooting it or whatever. It's not going to be a huge production, and it's not like we're going to be selling it to like studios or anything, but it's something fun to do. It'll help Ryan's career, and I do think Armenians can use a good laugh nowadays, especially because it's like we're poking fun at ourselves. You know, It's yeah. not taking it seriously, and I think this time around we can expand it, and it's not just Barska highs. Bring in some high sonsies, bring in some Berutsis, exactly. Like, have fun with it, you know? Like, why not? But it, it, the pressure idea, is entirely on Ryan Ibrahimian, so if you're watching, man, get to work, bro. Do it, Ryan. Let's go. <laughs> Ryan, no pressure. Yeah, I'll yeah. be waiting for <laughs> my big fat Armenian family too in the next I'm ready year. for a casting call, my Same friend. here, buddy. We got two <laughs> actors here. And if you need a casting couch, John is available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So when did you actually dip into... Because I had no idea you were, a, uh, you, were, you were teaching at USC as well. When did you get into the American as far as... Uh, production and directing and writing yeah. and all that stuff so when did that happen i was scared to even attempt it you know when i was in u.s when i was in high school i was you know doing journalism it was a little bit of a safety net for me because i thought film you know we lived in la it was so close to hollywood but i had never heard of another armenian in the industry it's impossibly hard to break in i was like i want to do something safe and stable so i chose journalism because i love writing and it's you know it's a little bit adjacent to that i got an, i got an internship at the la times this is 2004 when i was a senior and at the LA Times, which was like, you know, one of the greatest newspapers on the planet, you know, I was so excited. I remember one day the news editor grabbed me in a hallway and he was like, what's a blog? Mm. And I was like, huh? He's like, what is a blog? I've heard these things. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a blog. He's like, oh, on the Internet. He's like, who writes them? I was like, anyone. How much do you charge to read it? I was like, it's free. And the guy was like, fudge. Like, I could see he was seeing his career, his future it's dwindling. Fu- Sorry for saying It's funny how Sev, in the beginning of the podcast, said, can we curse? He goes, yes, yeah, he has yet to curse. He said, said F, F and fudge. fudge. <laughs> I, I'm not a curser. Okay. We're going to do an ADR afterwards then. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was called? Like, ADR? Yeah. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Say fuck in three different <laughs> dialects. Or the, fuck, fuck. It's like, you watch, it's like the news editor grabbed me and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, but um, but basically he, he was he was concerned. This, this like the senior news guy was concerned about his career. I'm like, I'm in high school. I should be more concerned. So... I was nervous, though, about plunging into film because it just was so impossible. But the success of my big family is what changed it for me because I had a couple of nights where I sold tickets for Glendale High School because um, I had more audience auditorium seats than Hoover. Only reason why I would come to your school. There you go. Fuck the tornadoes <laughs> right there. <laughs> so we, we, had, we, we sold tickets, and we had a couple of nights, and it was, it was insane. Like thousands of people showed up, $12 a pop for tickets. We sold thousands of DVDs, $20 a pop. And suddenly, so it was revenue at the same time. Yeah, we we made we spent eight hundred dollars on the movie and made quite a lot more than that. And it was never a business plan. It you was, sold eight DVDs. And made, <laughs> <laughs> you made your money back. It was. I had no business plan. The whole thing was. And you know the way we promoted it, by the way, is we were entirely viral marketing. Like we had one or two Armenian commercials, but it was really there was this there was this event every year called the Navasartian Games. Home and Amen thing. You guys been there? One night we were there with my with my actor Edjmin dressed up as Rima, and we just caused a riot. <laughs> like we literally had pictures of me and him being detained by security. We were just like running around throwing flyers. Somehow, magically, somebody broke into Hoover and Glendale and put flyers in everyone's locker. They never found out who did it, but I'm never, so thankful to them. They're never going to find exactly. out. Exactly. 
I mean, we were just viral marketing, and we like thousands of people came. And I'm telling you, like, people were laughing during the movie, clapping during the movie, crying during the movie. It was insane. And like, parents coming up to me saying, "I, you, your movie taught me how to be a better parent." Because the movie is ultimately about these parents and kids understanding each other. And other, like, ignoring the financial side of it, just the pure fact that strangers, Armenians, but total strangers to me, came, they saw, they shared, that empowered me. Like, I was like, yo, Put I can... Put their time into it. Yeah, man. And I was like, dude, like, I'm a total nobody. I, I made this up. Like, I worked on this for free, but for a year, and like, wow, people care. And like, it's something I thought of. Like, you know, like, I was saying this act one, like, I really thought of it. We pulled it off. So I applied to USC for film school for grad. And I, and I finished undergrad early because I was like, I'm over journalism. I want to just get out of here. And USC is considered one of the best film schools in the world. And I got in at the age of 20, which was considered crazy at the time. And I just loved it. And when I was at USC, I'm like, I want to be a producer. I want to write. And, um, you know, and, 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 it was, and it was interesting because when I was at USC, I was also a little bit shy about the Armenian movie. I didn't want anyone to know about it, especially because I was so young. I don't want people thinking, oh, this guy thinks he's a hotshot. Everyone found out immediately. And there was a lot of less than happy fellow student. It, it was there's like this this subtle racism and all this stuff but at the end of the day like i always look back to that as probably my most personal film because again it's it's semi-autobiographical and and yeah and then i was at usc for everything else wow <clears throat> it's quite the story man it is it's amazing huh the fact that like it's it, it happened like when, well when you think about it it's like okay 2007 was a long time ago but if DVDs, you, the guy made money off of DVDs. Yeah. Who buys DVDs today? Nobody. Uh, nobody. It's it's just crazy how small of a world it is. Where you know, Armin was like, you know, we're gonna have Sevohanyan on, and I was like, wait a minute, Sevohanyan sounds familiar. <laughs> Google, big my big fat Armenian family. I'm like high school. <laughs> That's it. And it was it it feels like yesterday, but dude. It's 2007 mm-hmm. is when that when that came out. Wow, the movie the ago. movie came out 2008, but yeah, we're still very old. Yeah. yeah. Well, 2007 <laughs> was the first was, video. It was the first video. <laughs> yeah. You said 25 <laughs> years ago. Who said 25 years ago? <laughs> you said 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Nobody's good at math. Like, I, I didn't hear. Yeah, yeah. I didn't so, sounds I didn't right to yeah. me. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't make sense to me. I started laughing. So I'm like, I didn't even hear him say 25 years ago. Oh gosh, man! Some some people like Sev end up in Hollywood when they, you know, their beginning is with the home video, and then you've got some people that end up on Pornhub and other areas of <laughs> entertainment. Entertainment. Wait, you We're guys know people who've done that? Of course. No, you're kidding me. You're in the studio now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the other room is? John's back there, bro. That John we're talking about is back there. He's waiting. That's He's on live chat right now. He's got a white leather couch over there. Oh, God. There. Oh, man. I don't know if it's white anymore, but it used to be. John is like, is this guy Serena Williams' husband? That's, a, that's Alexis Ohanian. Actually, actually, somebody asked, who was it that said, oh, it's, is it Alexis Ohanian? I'm like, I was at your house the other day. Oh, oh. who was it that says it's Alexis Ohanian who said Art no. said it. Art oh, was Art. saying it. Okay, Art was the one. Art was the one saying it. We were like, no, no, it's Sev Ohanian. So. Any relation to him? Do you guys know him? He's my cousin. <laughs> I don't think he knows. Him. <laughs> oh, so he said it with such a straight face. I'm just, I couldn't. I couldn't. Possible. I couldn't. No, I mean, no, not at any all. Any relations at all? No, not. I mean, not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> DNA testing. <laughs> <laughs> Have him buy him a thing. Uh, Ancestry <laughs> <laughs> DNA test. Send it over to him. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to spit it in. <laughs> Send it over to Ancestry.com. 
You never know. This could work out for you. Yeah, man. You'll be related to Serena Williams' daughter. I mean, I'll take it. She's awesome. Do it. <laughs> yeah. So, any any new projects that you're working on? Anything that you guys are have cooking in the? I mean, your 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 resume is crazy. I'm looking at it. It's you've done since 2008. You've done how many? Twenty some movies from uh, 28 it, it's showing as a producer mm -hmm. and then you've got other credits right mm -hmm. as far as you you also own a, a production company mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. what was it called proximity proximity yeah and proximity is the one that's working on space jam mm -hmm. speaking of no way movie. really yeah, yeah. the new space jam you yeah. guys are working on space <coughs> jam right now. comes out in two months that's awesome man and a movie with uh, uh, michael b jordan mm -hmm. uh, yeah that one that one i saw as far mm -hmm. as uh, on your you know, that's next year, 2022. Yeah, that comes out next Thanksgiving. Yeah, but this, this all Jam? explains why you're so busy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's Ohanian and he's sitting with the one. the guy's a big shot in Hollywood. I don't know he's about that, man. No, no. Well, no. you got Space Jam. Are you kidding me? Space Jam. Space guy. Jam. You guys, have you guys seen the trailer? I saw I, what I you had posted on Instagram today. Mm -hmm. Is that is that that's it's, a trailer, it's a right? it's a TV it's a TV spot yeah 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 that's what I saw but it's, Space Jam man it's, it's uh I mean obviously you know we don't want any spoilers or anything but it's a different it's a different uh, type compared to uh, as far as uh, you know how he gets into mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's 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 the it's Toon Town and all that or Toon World or whatever exactly it's it's a modernized version you know like it's it's I mean it's LeBron <coughs> it's not Jordan. Uh, it's the Looney Tunes for anyone who knows what they are still. But I mean, it, it was a dream come true. Like I love Space Jam One. Who doesn't our age? You know, like Amazing. I think I ran that VHS like twenty times. And um, did you return it? The VHS? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Of course not. <laughs> Blockbuster <laughs> went under, man. <laughs> so uh, so basically, you know, it, it it was a dream come true. It was it was a massive movie. It was the first enormous movie I ever worked on, and. It's a movie we're still working on. We're not done. We're you know we got a couple of finishing touches, but I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of our team. It was not an easy film for all the obvious reasons, but um, you know I think we've made something that honors the original. And I think we oh, we often joked in our minds like we want to make a sequel to the movie that we remember, <laughs> not the actual movie. If that makes sense, because the movie's not as good as you probably remember yeah. or think that it is. As um, far as the original like space, the space jam, exactly. As space far jam. as the story or the animation or what? Uh, like you know the story, the the whole the whole thing. Yeah, um, I think LeBron is inarguably. I think people debate whether he's better than Jordan or whatever, but I think there's no def there's no denying he's a better actor than Jordan. Is Sorry if you guys probably. are no, Jordan as far fans. As a like, basketball well, yeah, I mean you've seen yeah. him. I think Jordan's far better than him. But as far as acting, I yeah, get it too. yeah, yeah the guy sure. flops left and right. I mean, you see it on the, <laughs> <laughs> he does it on the, he does it on the court all uh, the time. Bro. Fantastic, we, um, bro. that's hilarious. I, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was <laughs> awesome working on that. It was I a dream mean, come true. And how is like scheduling with, like working with someone like LeBron, is scheduling an issue mean, with you? I mean, absolutely. I mean, LeBron has a day job. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, a, it's a far bigger day job. A chiropractic office? <laughs> He's a basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was... Baba Gurgeni Motosh. Gurgenian. We shot the movie, um, shot the movie <clears throat> summer 2019. Oh, you shot it back then. Mm -hmm. wow. and, and, you know, we, it was kind of his off season, but he was still training and, and staying in shape. And we didn't have time for him to go practice, you know, or train at the Lakers, you know, studio or whatever it's called. Sorry, I'm not a sports guy. And what we did is we ended up constructing a court for him at Warner Brothers. Mm, and it right. made a lot of people upset who had parking spots at Warner Brothers because they didn't have parking for a couple months. But 
LeBron is a total freaking badass. He would come to work at 3 a.m., work out, practice for hours and hours, and then come on camera at like 7 a.m., and then shoot until like 10 p.m. every night. And wow. like at night, he would probably go do a bunch of other stuff for all I know. But he's, he's an incredible person, incredibly humble person in person, like truly like nice, super respectful. We asked so much of him, never once complained, came every single day, delivered after. I mean, it was amazing. Like I, I really have a lot of respect for him. He's one of the nicest actors I've ever worked with. Wow. Is it easier to work on an animation or an actual movie? Because no, this I mean, one is a combination, It's a hybrid, right? yeah. So there's a lot of sequences that are fully animated, and then there's a lot of sequences that are fully live action, and there's a lot of sequences that are a little bit of both. It's it's hard. It's, it's insanely hard. Um, you know, it it, um, it was really hard. <laughs> at, at one point, I was even writing on the script, and, you know, we had we had a lot of things to overcome. But, again, I'm so proud of this thing. I think it's going to make um, a lot of families happy when they see it, either in theaters. It'll also be on HBO Max, um, for those that have that, July 16. Um yeah, I don't know what else to say. It, it's it, it was an incredible experience, and it was one of those like where every step of the way, no matter how hard it was, we were just always lucky to be working on something that cool. And I'm sure a better budget than what you had with... Uh, My Big Family Family? Yeah, yeah, a little bit better. A little, um, a little more than 800 bucks. I'm sure. You know, one of the movies I worked on that I think is relevant to tonight's convo is a film called Searching. So that's a film that I wrote and produced. It was kind of like my first time being in charge of a movie. Was that in 15 or what year? 2018. 18. So that movie had a budget of $800,000. It was 880000 like 900 Gs. That eight's coming up. I know. It's, it's so funny that it is. Uh, this one's $80 million? That's still Come. not big. <laughs> it's I tiny. Mean, in Hollywood, yeah. right? A Hollywood studio film is like you know $15 million or higher. Yeah. Um, so there was a million-dollar movie. It was indie. And it was, it was an original idea that I wrote with my writing partner and my now wife, Natalie Kasabian, also produced it with me. We worked together quite a bit. And the story is a father searching for his missing daughter and the way he's looking for her is just going on her laptop. And in the process of trying to find clues on her laptop, he's learning things about her that he never imagined he would learn. And the entire movie takes place on the computer. So it's a twisty, turny, like really emotional, but at the same time, you know, tense film. And when we were casting the movie, we, we really fought hard, my team and I, to cast an actor named John Cho. And if you guys are familiar with him, he's a Korean-American actor. He was in Harold and Kumar. He's Harold. He was in the Star Trek movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And, and, you know, it was amazing because he's Asian-American. He's a Korean guy. And oftentimes we'd be asked, why, why are you guys casting a Korean for this role? And we would often just say, why not? Like, what, I, I believe in diversity, representation. I'm Armenian. My writing partner, the director, was an, an Indian-American. And the coolest thing is, you know, oftentimes when we're starting these movies, um, I will take the actors out to dinner, my, or my director and I, we will, you know, we want to establish a relationship, and it'll be a long shoot. We want to make sure we're on the same page. So we went out to dinner with John Cho, and the thing that he and I bonded over was that we both went to Hoover High School. John went to Hoover? He did. What year did you graduate? I'm not remember? sure. I think, like, late 90s, probably. Did he look like a proud tornado? Or? John Choi? John Choi. John Cho. Cho. Maybe he went to school with me. Oh, wow. That'd be crazy. John Cho. That's um, crazy, seriously. Yeah, Look up what year he was born. Hold on. We, we would often bond over BGD. This you know what that is? Yeah, that guy. Beat Glendale Day? Exactly. Did you guys take some stupid-ass no, bug and beat be. it up no, like we did? No, we also never beat you guys while I was at high school. He's, yeah, he's eight years older than I am. He's, yeah. he's born in 72. Yeah. But he's a great guy, <clears throat> phenomenal actor, and it was really cool to bond with him over the fact that we both went to the same high school, which has otherwise never happened to me um, with any actor. <laughs> I mean, that's... 
Like Glendale High was always so proud of uh, having John Wayne go to Glendale High. I don't really know if it was true or not, but it was in all the pictures. So <laughs> no, no, he <laughs> yeah, was. That's was what, hence true. the reason why they named the auditorium John Wayne Performance yeah, Theater. The guy not. went to school somewhere, so Listen, why not bro, Glendale High School? I guess he did. I don't, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I don't know why you find I, that. I didn't care about the I, history I of personally High. don't believe it. I don't know why no, people saying, believe it. I just it. don't know it. Not that I oh, you weren't it. you weren't around when he went to no, high school. I was, I was, what do you mean? He was my classmate. We had second period together, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who Remember did, who was who it, did the you teacher? Have third period with. Third period. LeBron third James. Period. <laughs> oh, Michael Jordan, bro. <laughs> oh gosh. But, but seriously, as a basketball player, who do you guys think is better, Michael or LeBron? It's, come on, man. Like, well, let's let's just you, you pass. Come you, on, man. You can't touch MJ. Nobody can. The only the, the only person you that guys was anywhere think close. The era was the difference. No. Let me put it to you this way: If, it, <laughs> if there's five <laughs> seconds left on the clock, yes. and I gotta give the ball to somebody, you bet your ass I'm giving it to MJ. I'll give it to Kobe even before LeBron. Yeah. I would no. I go MJ Kobe and then I'll and, go and keep John in mind. and John Cho went to school when we're in the same class. I guess really. Yeah, there you go. Oh wow, John AP and John Cho went together. together. John, you didn't take no AP classes. Don't <laughs> bullshit us. Seriously, what do you think? This He's an guy. attorney or something? Attorneys don't need AP classes, bro. Uh, John, I thought you graduated with Biden. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guy changes the story every time. <laughs> I don't think Uber existed back then. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Seventeen eighty six. Eighteen eighty six. But but seriously, who? I mean, I know you've worked with LeBron, so you may be a little biased. But who would you pick as far as basketball? Oh, you said you don't really. You haven't. Followed. I don't watch basketball. I haven't either in years, but I've watched enough. I mean, I used to watch it when Jordan played and Magic played. But um, yeah, like Arno said, five seconds left. There's no way LeBron's getting the ball. And keep in mind, I don't when, think LeBron when, wants the ball. When, when MJ played, the rules were different, bro. They killed MJ. They don't touch LeBron today. Yeah, of course. Today, bro, it's, you Kurt walk Rambis by them, they, they, the whistle is blown in. That's yeah, it. bro. The elbow, the elbow yeah. in the shoulders, or elbow yeah, in the, the back. Bro, back then, LeBron the could never play. He could never play with the uh, '90s Detroit Pistons or <laughs> the Bad Boys, the Utah Ooh. Jazz, or uh, they would. They would annihilate it, even though he's physically probably stronger than those players. But bro, but to have like <coughs> for his like size, the guy can move, bro. Just considering <laughs> like six eight, this humongous guy, the type of speed he's got, it's it's amazing today. Oh, that's so cool! I just saw the comments. Levik was at the premiere of MBAF. That's awesome. Thanks, Levik. There you go. But as the far as the premiere of what? The which one? My big family and family. Oh. Ah. As far as the plot for Space Jam, again, no spoilers or anything. I don't know if you can even give out spoilers, but Monstar's in there or no? We have the goon squad in this one. Okay. So, so it's it's not the same athletes, and it's a different situation for... We actually just announced who they were a couple of days ago. Okay, because in the original one with Jordan, they took the... Which was, I, I think it was like a really creative Class- kind classic. of... Uh, Plot where they take away the uh, the talent from the mm-hmm. NBA stars, and mind you, they were. I mean, you had Ewing in there, you had Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues. I mean, you had some good. They in, were all in the movie. They were in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The f- they were in the movie. Uh, I think even Larry Bird had a little little. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, yeah. Uh, segment in there as well, but like he, they basically took away the the talent from the NBA players. In this one, is there anything like that at all, or is it a completely different twist, or is it a different you know spot? What? Again, I no. I can't. I can't say. Um, <laughs> we we do have we do have players this time around. So it's Anthony, 
Carmelo. No. Anthony Davis. Davis. Anthony Davis. Okay. Uh, Dame Lillard. Okay. They're all big all stars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we actually have some WNBA players, which I'm really proud of. Okay. Neka Umwagwebe. Uh, Diana Taurasi. I don't watch. Oh, Diana Taurasi. I remember. Mm-hmm. I know. And Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson. Clay mm-hmm. Thompson. Okay. He, so he, he doesn't play in the WNBA. Sorry, he was NBA. Yeah. He used to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we 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 know we had these could. athletes. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it, we we did a really interesting spin on that whole thing you're talking about with the talents, but um, I'm excited for folks to see it. Yeah, now, cool. now I want to see as far as Space Jam oh, Two. Yeah, I think all of, being a movie of our generation's time, Space Jam One. I think the curiosity is going to be there to see mm-hmm. what's you know what's going on and what the movie's going to be about. It's a good time. It's it's a really good time. I guarantee it. And I'm surprised they haven't had a sequel to Space Jam, bro. All this time. Mm-hmm. Well, there was there was talks about it back in when LeBron was in Cleveland. They were mentioning, "Oh, there's going to be Space Jam too. LeBron's going to be yeah, in. LeBron's going to yeah. be in. LeBron's going to be in." Were you involved in those talks back then, or no? Not back then. I, I got involved in 2018. So when you made the move, jump to LA, basically. Sorry, what was that? Well, so when, when LeBron oh, made the jump to he, LA, he was in LA yet at the time. I think I think that got announced at the end of 2018. So I think before, but I remember like I think the first time I met LeBron was at the at the Lakers training facility. We met him after training, and we pitched him the movie, and it was amazing. Like it was like he he was so attentive, like he really cares. He was he weighed in quite a bit. Like he's a good dude, man. Like I, I have a lot of respect for the guy. And again, I don't follow basketball, so I don't know anything else. But a lot of times, my job on the film was you know when we'd be developing a story, and someone's like blah 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 blah. Oh, and then then that'll be posterized. You guys know what that means? Yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, "What? What does that mean?" And they're like, "You don't posterize." I'm like, "I don't posterize." I bet you 50 percent of our audience doesn't know posterize. We got to make this movie work for non basketball geeks, yeah. you know. So that was part of my goal on the creative team was like making sure that everything worked on a story level, not just for basketball fans. That makes sense, bro. I'm looking forward. To, I mean, I would probably have to watch the first one because I'm not like you, bro. I don't remember movies the way you do. Are you serious, man? Yes, I not. Just, Space I'm, I'm a movie junkie. Can, man. I, I remember much. if a movie sticks to me, it sticks to me, man. I remember scenes, lines, everything. I'm, I watched uh, Michael Jordan's movie last night. It was um, it was a recent one? His movie or the his last documentary? Dance, the documentary? No, no, no. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, oh, uh, which one? Without remorse. Without remorse. Yeah, that movie. So I'll remember it until probably Thursday. <laughs> After that, and I watched it last night. Was it good? I want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it it was good. It's. Uh, those types of movies, they kind of start the same and the same. Like, but but I like him as an actor. Uh, what what's you, what I don't know. I think we did this with uh, Oscar or who was it with? No, it was with uh, one of our other guests. I, forgot, I think it was with Tigran. Tigran what, what is your favorite movie? Well, let's get to Sev. Actually, what's your favorite movie? And then you'll get back to you. My favorite movie is a film called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Really, with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Really? Have you guys seen it? No, I have not. I I tried to watch it. I couldn't. This I was years ago. My, mind you, this Jim Carrey was one of my is one of my favorite actors. Was for me, but I haven't watched any of his serious movies. Mm. Like, That's a good one. Have you seen tr- the Truman Show? That's another yeah. one I haven't so seen. So good, man. You haven't seen? No, that? I, I haven't seen, seen Truman Show. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't no. seen the one you were mentioning. No, I remember, I think I saw it at the movies. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. the Truman Show. I know. I know. My wife saw it. It's basically about him being recorded like mm-hmm. 24 yeah. hours, like mm-hmm. Big Brother, yeah. right? Like yeah. his like life is a real. Well, like what we well, like right what we're going yeah. through right yeah. now. Uh, but uh, no, I didn't watch it. Like uh, again, I think Jim Carrey. I uh, Jim Carrey lost me after Cable Guy. 
Mm-hmm. After Cable Guy, I kind of lost with Jim Carrey because The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, all those movies, even a uh, liar, liar. Oh, he lost me after he beat <laughs> people. I, I people start losing me after they start getting into politics and areas they don't belong. Same thing with LeBron. Same thing with Jim Carrey. You know, when they when they stick to what they do, I love watching them. De Niro, I used to love his movies. <laughs> well, hold on, Jim Carrey has been. Bro, in still, politics, De Niro really? still a sick yeah, actor. He, he, though, didn't bro. he zone out of it completely? Bro, the guys, every painting was a political painting the last five years. Who? Jim Carrey. He started painting. He became a Buddhist, I think, or something like that. Let the guy paint. Well, Ace Ventura, go. man. Ace Ventura. Yeah. Especially he, when Nature calls him? when he comes out of the rhino's <laughs> ass. Oh my God, man. <laughs> <laughs> is he selling those paintings? Like, does he sell? I don't remember if he sells it or not, but, um, yeah. I mean, <coughs> I otherwise, I, I used to love his movies. Oh, as an um, actor, he's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, he one of the best. Very talented. Oh, I don't know if about one of the best. Come on, bro. To me, to me I, liked, I liked the Denzel Washington, the Russell Crowe's, Tom Hanks. Those guys, when I watch their movies, you, you live the part. Have you seen A Beautiful Mind? No. Yeah. Go watch it. The, like... The guy plays, what was he? Schizophrenic. 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 Yeah. And when you watch the movie, you, you think he's really schizophrenic. I mean, that's It's how. insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, even, and it's a true story. <coughs> Look, guys, I'm not a movie guy, but I yeah. get it. Well, let's ask the movie guy. You said Eternal, uh, what was it called? Eternal, Eternal Sunshine Light. of the Spotless Mind. What was it about that movie that, that makes it stand out for you? From I mean, I, I like movies that surprise you by uh, playing with the filmmaking medium as a whole like deconstructing like that film is a film about a about a near future where technology exists where you could willfully erase part of your memory and like if you had a really bad breakup you can erase every memory of you and that girl for instance the girl is from the titanic right exactly yeah yeah yeah. and What's brilliant about that film is you're experiencing that story kind of with Jim. So as he's forgetting things, you as an audience member, you're being denied certain scenes and you're having to piece together things of of a guy who desperately is trying to undo this process. Holy shit. So now I remember why I didn't like the movie. It skips around (laughs) too much. If you have have OCD, that'll Uh, cause anxiety to another level, What year did that come out? Do you remember? I don't remember, man. Early 2000s. Okay. I... Probably All on a right. date, and you don't want to be watching. <laughs> That's why I couldn't pay attention. <laughs> he was paying attention to something else <laughs> the whole time. You're thinking he was eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Is this movie gonna get any darker anytime soon? <laughs> the whole movie is just bright. <laughs> it's all lit, basically. Yeah. Ophelia, um, that 15 million is the starting price for an average studio movie, <clears throat> but yeah, 100 million is is pretty up there. Like, see, I remember there was episodes that Game of, for example, Game of Thrones. I don't know if you're a Game mm-hmm. of Thrones sure, fan, but sure. Game of Thrones, there was episodes there. The budget was like 30, 40 million, man. Mm-hmm. Was it? I thought Episode. the whole season was 100 and no, something. Man. With those dragons, the CGI, all that stuff was in it? there, bro, there was episodes that cost a lot of money. Yeah, the way TV works is they amortize the budget. So it's like a single episode can cost that much, but at some point, another episode will have to definitely be cost cost yeah. less to make up for it. And but that, make, were, that makes sense. Yeah, which were the episodes that were like kind of like it was just them talking. Where does the majority of the money go into? Is it location, actors, casting? It depends. Or? Like if, if you're doing a film with like name talent, like big, big actors, big stars, yeah. and you're above the line, there's like there's a line. So it's like above the line is actors, directors, writers, and producers. And then below the line is 
cinematographers, you know, grips that move stuff, the lighting, the makeup, sound, vehicle expenses, location expenses. If you have a million that, if you have a movie that has big actors, then a lot of your money is going above the line, if not down the line. But, you know, Game of Thrones by later seasons, like there's a saying with TV where it's like your first season, you're making a show, the actors work for you, like as a producer. Second season, if it's a hit, you're all working together. Season three and beyond, you're all working for the actors. Because, you know, it's like at that point, like the big names and like, you know, they can negotiate whatever they want. It's not like you can recast that actor if it's a big actor so yeah but by, by like season eight of game of thrones like i imagine a huge chunk of that was going to the actors oh, the, the producers but, the directors but you don't think the producers know because they don't write the second or third season as they're going right i'm i'm sure they have it in mind that it's going to be five six seven eight seasons usually they have a rough idea if they're good at their jobs and yeah. and usually you have actors sign multiple season deals so yeah. like season so one ask you, you get an actor yeah. you, you already have you, the way it works is an actual audition for a TV show mm-hmm. and you audition let's say 30 actresses for a leading role and of those 30 you'll call back five that means their auditions are good enough that you're going to have them come back this time you will be probably in the room as a director or producer you might even have another actor you've already cast to do a chemistry read before the actor even comes in for the callback remember there's five of them you're only going to cast one You've already negotiated a five-year contract with them. That if they get hired, this is what they're getting paid for season one, season two, season three, season four, season five, before they even come back for the callback. So those five have already been negotiated? Fully negotiated. But only ones can get hired. The reason you do that is because if an actor comes for a callback, right? So if you're getting called back, it's it's pretty decent shot. Like you've done a good job. You beat hundreds potentially of other actors. Yeah. Now you come in for the callback. You're with the director or the producer, you're an actor, you you know, you do the scene, and you could just feel it, man. Like, there's a, oh, man, you call your agent, dude, I think there's a good chance here. The director said they love me. The producer said she said I was awesome. Like, wow, like, the agent's like, interesting. Okay, we, the agent gets a call. Hey, so we liked your actor. We want to hire them for the show. Let's start doing a deal. The problem is now the actor has leverage because they know that they did a good job. If they're mm-hmm. calling, like, if they ultimately say, like, you know what, I don't want a deal, they get to walk away. Now the producer's like, damn, I don't want to get the backup actor. I want them. So the industry now, if someone's coming for a callback for a TV show, you've already negotiated everything, how big their trailer is, whether they can bring their dog on set, everything. Even though only one out of those five, for example, actors will actually get the job, it's so that the producer gets leverage. Now, it's a five-year deal. You do a show like Game of Thrones and it blows up. It becomes this worldwide global phenomenon, internet, social media, everyone's talking about it. You own that actor for five years. Even if you're on season five, you still are paying that actor that nothing fee that you pretty much negotiate, assuming that there's somebody who's relatively unknown. It doesn't matter because they still have more power. Like that leverage is gone because they can now tweet and say, hey, I'm really annoyed that I have to come back for next season. They're not respecting me. Everyone's like, what the F? Like, so it's now kind it's of like, like professional sports in a sense, no? I don't know much about sports, I mean, but I imagine. Steve Curry, what was his first four or five years? Steph Curry? Steph Curry. What about him? His contract was nothing when he well, was winning championships, well, right? Well, look at it this way: um, when you when you sign a deal with the NBA, especially when you're coming off of like your your drafty, your contract isn't that high. It's a lot of the, a yeah. lot of the money that you make is based off of endorsements. But then, if you have, let's say, you sign a four year deal or five year deal, if by year five you aren't even performing, the team might not even want you. They might want to get course. rid of you. But if you're doing well, the ball's on your court. You could that's that's where the saying comes from. The ball's on your court. You make you know, you cut your deal. You want a max contract? Yeah. See like Anthony Davis when he left the Pelicans, 
you know, he he devoted his life to the Pelicans, and then it was like, okay, uh, I I need a max deal. Lakers paid him. Lakers yeah. paid him a max deal. As, but as far as actors are concerned, I mean, I guess it, it is the same way. But Seth, but there's no negotiation once that five years is set up. No, but there is. I'm saying like if even success, the show was a hit show. More often than not, the actors reps will still be able to be like, look, I know we made a deal, but like you can't deny the show is blowing up because I'm an actor. And like, if you want to keep them happy, so they could do that. So yeah, they, okay. it's like you're kind of breaking the deal, but it happens all the time. I mean, everything is negotiable. But I mean, they're in, in that sh- essentially they're part of a union, though, right? Aren't they? The unions are amazing, and I'm I'm a, I'm a member of of a union as well. Like, I think they're really there to protect the emerging actors and emerging members. The whole point of unions are to not allow people to get taken advantage of. So if you're just starting out. You just somebody can't like hire you and not pay you minimum wage, not pay you what you're due, not pay your retirement, your benefits. So unions don't necessarily factor into negotiating with because what what when you're a union fee is your scale. It's the absolute lowest that you can make legally with the, with the project. But if you're negotiating something, you're often negotiating above scale, like far more than what they should be getting or what, what the union said at the minimum they should be getting paid. Yeah, because I mean, there's that whole Screen Actors Guild Awards and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I'm assuming that they're all basically part of the union because there's some top top-notch actors there i mean there's yeah ev- every actor in any hollywood production is a member of sag aftra everyone even even though they have lawyers and mm-hmm. you know management management mm-hmm. kind of taking care of yeah, them they're still part of a union yeah the benefit of the union at minimum is that's where your health insurance comes from that's where your retirement benefits comes from but interesting when you say re- that's where it comes from you pay Are into you paying it. into it and then yeah, so um, basically, I feel like I'm at USA Teaching, but I love this. It's when, when you hire an actor, um, and it's like any, like, you know, you, you guys are employers, you guys hire people, like, you have to pay them a salary, and then you pay them on top of that employer taxes, right? Those fringes that go to, you know, Social Security and all that. Right. If you have somebody who's a union member, if, you, if, you're, if you're buying your, your, your employee's health insurance, you pay an additional percentage of their salary that goes into oh, okay. that. So when you hire an actor, you're paying an extra, I can't remember, it's like 16% of their salary into SAG, um, although it's capped. So if, like, so much, if an actor's making you know, $10 million on your movie, you're not going to have to pay 16% of that. Like There's a certain cap to it, but that money, and the actors, if I'm not mistaken, also pay a certain percentage of their salary as well into the union, and then you know, they get health benefits, they get pension when they retire, and all, all sorts of stuff. That's impressive. Yeah. Man. See, I always thought like actors were independent contractors, so it's like so now, now we're getting now we're getting interesting. They are. If if you're See, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's crazy know? confusing. Actors and like you know people like myself even if you have if you if you have enough business going on to an extent, you can um you can incorporate. So you can make a, a separate company and they Represent don't hire that you. Company. Like they hire that company okay. and they pay that company a big flat fat fee and then the company, you know, with your own CPA, you're able to get yourself um, write-offs and then write-offs buy your and own like insurance that. or whatnot. They have that choice. Basically. Exactly. Brad Pitt LLC. Basically. Yeah. Armpit that's what it is. LLC. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's see if we have any... Um, <laughs> what? Questions. These guys are anti-labor. They hate work. They're lazy that's John being John. Don't listen to um, this, John. Harwood says, what do you think about Amazon spending over $400 million? I'm, I'm assuming spending it on production, up-and-coming productions for Amazon Prime. 
Well, it's not only Amazon, bro. It's like uh, Amazon. It's Netflix. Netflix. It's w- Disney Plus. What do you think of all these networks that have? Because Netflix and Amazon have obviously they've uh, affected Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. As far as how much of the production they've acquired over the years. Um, how has that affected somebody like you? Um, it's interesting. Amazon's an interesting one, especially because. Over the last 20 years, all sorts of companies have come and gone. And usually they come because they get a lot of investment capital to like begin a business or begin something. And they usually go because they didn't make money. Yeah. They, 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 they greenlit some it. movies yeah. that like no one saw and they can't afford to pay off the movies that they already greenlit. They have to fire people and then eventually they leave. It happens all the time. I imagine in every industry. Amazon's different because they don't need to make money on their movies because they're making money on toothpaste and everything you're buying on Amazon Prime. So that kind of changed the game. And Netflix was interesting, too, because they're entirely built on subscriptions. Um, and they make probably more money on people that have a subscription that hardly even realize they have it. One subscription for seven families. I mean... <laughs> it's like that meme. I hope... Oh, my God. Netflix just raised their prices a dollar. I hope the guy who's paying for the subscription doesn't cancel. Can afford it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Um, but, but what's <laughs> happening is like because these guys are so rich that they're not they're, they're not having to you know operate based on people seeing their stuff. They can start spending lots of money, and they started buying you know stu- deals with like creatives for like two hundred million dollars for Shonda Rhimes or whatever to come write exclusively for Netflix. It's changed the game, mm-hmm. and you know I'm a big fan of the theater going experience. Um, I, I, my preference is always to make movies that people will see in theaters and see around the world. But it's hard when, like, if you if I go out with the script and, like, let's say a studio is offering me, you know, X amount of money for me to sell it to them so we can make it with them. But Netflix is offering me X times 10. It's really tempting. You know, like, th- that's course, that's yeah. that's life changing money. But at the end of the day, like, there's a there's this idea that if a movie that lands on Netflix, you kind of forget about it like how you do. Like a movie will come, and then two days later, no one's talking about it. But a movie that comes out theatrically, you see billboards over town. It kind of exists in the public lexicon longer. Um, you know, I, I just I want to be careful to never be that news editor who was scared of blogs. Yeah. You know, like you, if you, if you if you act too old fashioned, like you're going to fall behind with the times. Ideally, you're somebody who can like see what's happening and you know, however possible, capitalize on it. But you know, stay, realize stay it. relevant, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, in essence, I think I think COVID killed the theaters, though. Bro, I had a movie that was going to come out on Mother's Day last year called Run. It's about a young girl whose mom takes care of her. She has all sorts of disabilities. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that those disabilities she may not have been born with, that maybe somebody gave it to her, a.k.a. her mom. It was going to come out Mother's Day, Lionsgate. We were so excited. The movie cost $7 million, so it was not an eight this time. And we had to cancel it because of COVID. And we ended up selling the movie entirely to Hulu. And it came out in November on Hulu, never in theaters, and it was it was fine. It was great. You know, like they paid a great amount of money for it because at the time everyone was hungry for, for good movies that were finished. And thanks to Hulu, people saw like, you know, people all over America got to see it. And it's now coming out on Netflix around the world. But, yeah, couldn't do that. My movie Judas and the Black Messiah was supposed to come out in theaters, came out on HBO Max. Space Jam is going to also be uh, in theaters, but also HBO Max. But it's the see, reality of COVID, man. It was, that's it was outside of our control. Or that, that's what's crazy, man. Everything is headed towards... And I'm seeing it everywhere, man. I'm seeing in theaters and on HBO Max. I think the more we hear it, as far as in theaters and on this, mm-hmm. people always... I think everybody's going to lean more towards, I don't want to go out. I could watch it at home. I don't want to go out. I could watch. Just like I remember, man, when DVDs first came out, it was like on DVD and Blu-ray. 
DVD and Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and then it was on Blu-ray, on Blu-ray, and then on Blu-ray and digital, Blu-ray right, and right, digital, right. and then now it's like on digital. Now it's like HBO Max, Showtime Max, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Everything is moving towards that streaming sort of platform. I mean, Pacific Theaters. I mean, it sucks saying this, but is is gone now at the Americana they're yeah. going to be shutting they're, they're yeah. still closed right yeah they're no they're done I, I hope oh, someone so. saves it you know like wow. I, I hope I, the Americana one is already officially it's gone so but I mean that's a theater there right someone's got to buy yeah, that yeah so and either an AMC or damn, somebody has sucks. to take over if not then shit I don't know what's going to happen there but as far as movie going experience I mean I hope this generation now enjoys actually going to a theater to watch a movie because obviously life is changing and we're going more into the digital age even through like meetings and stuff man everything's being done through zooms and Mm -hmm. skypes and google meetings me and my wife personally we love going to the movie theaters we have our movie stubs saved from back Hmm. when we were dating well well, when you were dating what would it cost for you to go to the movies it was a lot cheaper like Thirty dollars at most. No, man. no, for the two of you to go get your I have, popcorn. Okay, and your soda. listen to this, guys. I have tickets, and I could, I, I, I have the stamp on there from AMC because majority of the movies we went to were at AMC. AMC sixteen. Yeah, uh, eight bucks a pop. Oof. Okay, so popcorn, Coke, whatever. Yeah, thirty bucks. Thirty right? bucks, yeah. give or take. See, now they have the they make their mo- they make their money off of the the food. Right. Uh, that's where they make their money now because the reason why that's proven now is because AMC launched their movie pass where you buy a membership yeah. it's like I don't know how much a month I think it's like 20 bucks a month or something and you could watch as many movies as you want now for the person who has to have that popcorn or the nachos like me with two cheeses <laughs> uh, that's where they're going to make their killing off of it Whoa. keto cheese Oh. See that that that's the thing. Most eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds are going to have a difficulty affording sixty, seven, eighty dollars to take on. Hence a date. the reason why the AMC came out with the movie going pass, mm. which again I don't remember how much it There's was. There's no exactly. restrictions, blackout dates. You Nothing. can't see it's this a, movie. It's a, it's that a membership. Movie. It's a membership. It's, just, it's a membership. Oh. I I think my brother in law has it, but. Well, not anymore, man. I mean, with a kid nowadays, it's practical. I can't wait for my daughter to get old enough where I could take her to a movie and she'll sit through the whole damn thing. Like, right now at our house, is, it's Disney Plus, man. It's Moana. It's Frozen. It's Frozen. It's Frozen. It's Frozen. Mm-hmm. It's Frozen. We tried watching Shrek. I think it was Saturday night. They, they lasted about 20 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, oh, I my. Mean, your youngest is too young, but. Even Noah didn't stick around. Really? No, my Eileen watched... uh, She watched Rapunzel the other day. Or (laughs) Tangled. Yeah. And she was like, I want hair like Tangled. That's cute. Next one I'm going to probably put on Heat or something. (laughs) Put Speed. Godfather. (laughs) Put Speed. (laughs) 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 Keanu Reeves, man. We see... Like, I'm excited about the new Matrix movie, man. But I... and, and that's a movie you have to watch in theaters. Well, see, that's that's the thing. Like, if you have a family, are you really going to take your six-year-old to see a film and spend $80 and she's going to kind of enjoy it and you know she'll watch it at home instead? It doesn't make sense. Like, are you going to watch a drama? Probably not. Like, now it's gone to the point that films have to be event-driven. Where, like, if you're going to run to see it, you know, because you, you don't want to miss it and then get spoiled or feel people used to stay outside in line overnight mm-hmm. to get to the first movie. Yeah. And Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I never did that. But just watching people get in line at midnight, I was like, 
What's wrong with you people? Go Star tomorrow. Wars, man. I remember Star Wars. We would <laughs> yeah. we stood in line to watch it. <laughs> I miss that, man. Yeah, we stood in line to watch it because we wanted you to be the first too? ones I, to see it. No, I never did, but I, I could I could see why that experience is even you know as much as I I mock people who wait in line on Black <laughs> Fridays. Um, I can see it's 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 more about the experience, and people in LA tend to love to wait wait in line. I mean, you'll see some crappy bakery or restaurant. There's a two-hour wait, and I swear, if you ask anybody why they're there, they're, oh, have you seen the wait? Yeah, why are you here? Is it the food? They don't even know anything about okay, the food. Let's talk about this. So Portos, sorry. my family likes Portos. Sorry, right? sorry, twenty-three dollars yeah. a month, 23. unlimited per person. Yeah, per person. Mm-hmm. That pays bad. itself if you see two movies. Two movies. Yeah. yeah. So, Portos, you go, you see a line like that. Like, me and my wife, last two months, I'll, forget I'll about it. I bet Portos moves quick. These places... Just looking at that line, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, but Portos moves like 10 minutes, you're in and out. Uh, even I don't go there, it's it's too many people for me. But some of these places you drive by, there's there's just a line of people just waiting around. And even on Yelp, it says hour and a half wait time. But in El- remember Pig's Hot Dog, how in Hollywood, people would wait in line yeah. for an hour and a half for... yeah. A crappy hot dog. Yeah, who likes pinks? I hate. I pinks. live. I live right by yeah. it, and I cannot believe people stand in line for that. Because uh, that's what I'm saying. In those LA, it's something nostalgic. You know, it has a name. They'll just wait and have you had those pancakes? Which one? The one that takes three hours. Okay, what's so significant about? <laughs> Nobody knows. It's just because they see a line and like, oh, let's go wait in line, honey. <laughs> but wait, have you have you had Howlin' Rays? Yes. Howlin' Rays is worth the li- the wait. Uh, I wouldn't wait two hours to eat Howland Rays. No, when I, I went there, I went with Surge and we didn't wait. Nothing food worth you waiting in line that long. Come no, on, bro. man. Nice. I've, I've, wa- I've, I've waited. The first time I went to Howland Rays, I waited an hour and a half. I've, I don't think I've waited two hours for Howland okay, Have you had Howland Rays? I always post-made it. It's not the same. It's not the same. I mean, the experience back then was to eat it when they sing for you and, you know, celebrate and all. Yeah. Howland Rays, they sing? Well, is that why I it's mean, Howlin'? They kind of... I didn't know this. They scream and yell at you, right? Isn't that what they do? This is what they do. Let me show yeah. you what they I do. I had no idea. This is what they do. And when you go with somebody who they really know very well, it, it's a different experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I went with Surge. You get Surge. the special treatment. Yeah, that's I, we why. We got the special... Because I wouldn't wait an hour and a half to have a chicken sandwich. No way, sandwich. man. I, I would never do that. Yeah. Definitely. I can't do that. I don't care how good your food is. I'm not getting in line past 10 minutes. It's just not <laughs> happening. I don't give a shit. <laughs> It's because the way I look at things is like it's food. It's fuel for your body. Feed your body. That's it. That's it. Simple as that. Video, man. Show them what they do at Howlin' Rays. Um, let me go back. I somebody was asking about an Armenian movie. Yeah, that was Alex talking about like. That's awesome. It's an experience, That's man. Really cool. and, then, and then when I you love s- those sandwiches, yeah. And then when you sit with them, like they'll they'll like throw in like uh, their special fries, the Mario fries that they have, and it's. I did not different. know about this. There was a place uh, when I went to college in San Diego. It was a place called Dick's Last Resort. Have you ever heard of this? No, no. The only Dick's oh, I've ever heard, heard of. Heard of a nice burrito place out in San Diego. Oh yeah, there's, there's yeah. some great burritos out there. Um, but Dick's Last Resort was so fun. I think there's one in Vegas also. Uh huh. And the whole, you know how you go to a restaurant, everyone's like fake nice. Hello, sir. Let me have your seat. And what would you like? It's like it's oh like my God. it's like sit the f down. And then, but not not you know you you can ADR it later. But like it's like sit the f down. Like they'll throw stuff at you and they'll so kind the rude re- it's, rude hor- it's uh, waiters. Rude. Yeah, it's it, it's it's so fun, man. I used to like like people would come visit me in San Diego. Like oh, I'll take you to a nice restaurant. And like someone puts like a hat on their head. It's like some horrible thing written on there. And 
I love it. You ask for a straw, they'll literally throw like 100 straws at you. There's trash everywhere. Like, I miss that. No. that that's an event Is that you can. Is it plastic straws or paper straws? <laughs> I think it was uh, <laughs> plastic back then. Well, we have a plastic problem straw right now, man. Man, I loved your post, by the way. That was amazing. Which one? With the whole old lady about green going green. Ah, that was good, huh? <laughs> that was really cool. Well, I didn't write it, obviously. Yeah, that was yeah. that was like refreshing at the same time, just thinking about, okay, are we going green or are we going backwards? Yeah. Every, everything we do is going John backwards. John Black is saying, which one's better, East Coast food or West Coast food? I mean, mm. it all depends, man. I mean, East Coast, I don't think anybody could touch East Coast pizza. I agree. Yeah. I don't think anybody could touch. Uh, the West Coast pizza is just... It's just oil and bread and cheese together. Texas barbecue is amazing in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I think the closest thing I've had to... We've never had Tennessee barbecue either. Oh, yeah. I haven't been to Tennessee. That's why. Over Out here, I like that Hoagly Wogly's out in uh, Van Nuys. It's a hole in the wall, but bro, some amazing barbecue. We love mm. it. Family loves going there. Have you guys had uh, Langer's? Mm-mm. I don't have think it, so. I've, I've had, had Langer's. I've had it twice, I think. once or twice. Number nineteen. That's another one not worth the wait. Go go to Lang. Well, Seventh and Alvarado is a shit show right <laughs> now. But if you don't ever if you if you ever want to post made food to yourself, okay. order the number nineteen. But you can from Langer's. Or or go to Seventh and Alvarado. Just just don't take a well. I, I'd say take your car, but take the shitty car. Take gotcha. Shitty, gotcha. Take the shitty car because right take now seventh and <laughs> seventh and Alvarado is not the greatest place to go to right now. It's just a homeless crisis. A lot of people saying Tennessee barbecue is better. Hey, there you go. Well, John had been to Tennessee, right? He was mentioning last time, right? He was in. He went to Tennessee for, for meetings a con- or for a conference, conference or something. I don't remember. Arno said Kansas barbecue is better. The Kansas. best. Well. See, Jamaica, the jerk chicken in Jamaica. Not a big fan. Are you Honestly, serious? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm it depends on the cart. I mean, I've had multiple carts. Some of them were amazing. Some were not as good. I'm not a chicken guy, maybe. That's ne- that neither am I. I. Says the chicken. guy who had chicken breast and okay, Shirazi did, salad for like <laughs> a year. I did that to lose my weight. I, <laughs> I did that to look this good. Arne, that's the reason. Come on, man. <laughs> that's, pro- that's probably why you hate chicken then. Yeah, exactly. You eat that shit for a year and a half. Let me see. Oh, Alex <laughs> was asking what happened to the new movie about immigration uh, and you were going to use oh, an yeah. Armenian family. Which, what is he referring so to? That's a, that's a movie i'm writing right now which did uh alex give away more than he was supposed to he did he did <laughs> alex alex that's a movie i'm writing right now that uh it's about immigration and it, it may or may not feature an armenian character which is cool because like i've been you know i, I i've always been able to f- hide armenian easter eggs in a lot of the movies i've made like you know in since my big family family and uh, this is one that's going to actually finally have, like, you know, one of many characters will be Armenian, which I'm really excited about. Any hints in the Space Jam movie? Uh, Space Jam? Honestly, no. no. That movie was Too much a different C- different C- story C- altogether. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, that, that movie, I'll, I'll come and talk to you guys about that in a year if you guys still have me back then. Definitely. You guys ever have know. repeat guests? Of yeah, course. Of course. Only the interesting ones. Okay, yeah. well, we'll see if I'm interested. We'll see, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how Space Jam 2 is. Depends. Depends if I get a casting goal or not. Once the camera's off, we'll be talking about some producing and some, <laughs> some shares and all that stuff for Space Jam 2. You never know. It might be... We might get invited to the premiere. This something. Morning. Something. You think we're gonna, think we're gonna have a premiere? Well, I haven't. My last well, movie had no premiere. Well, with all everything going on, I don't know. I can't answer that. open now? 
Are they at 100% not, or no, 15 No, not in California. Them? June 15th is when everything's supposed to be opening. Oh, okay. So, fingers crossed. Two week. What was it? Two week. Uh, <laughs> two week. Uh, uh, stop the spread. Slow the spread. Yeah, I, I posted about it even today. What Andre, to answer your question, I want to talk about it when it's done. There you go. There you go. But uh, uh, anything else you guys want to chit chat about before we to call it a night? To flatten the curve. Yeah, to flatten the curve. Slow the spread. Flatten the curve. Whatever. We're all doing a good job at it too. I feel like it's. I feel like it's hopefully going away. You know, yeah, things feel like it's better. coming back to normal. Which Texas is nice. hasn't had a death in two months. Oh, for real? Yep. That's amazing. I'm sure someone died in Texas. They, no, COVID, no, COVID related death. COVID related yeah. death. That's that's amazing news. That's in two months. Does the death in California has been extremely low ever since? I they heard. I heard the last couple months since they they loosened the restrictions. Yeah, isn't that the? Oh, okay. I mean, uh, my wife's hospital. She's she's a f- you know frontline worker. Oh really? Yeah. What she, hospital? Uh, San Gabriel Valley. Wow. Bro, they've been. Let me put it to you this way: she was canceled yesterday from work. Oh my because god! Because they're so slow that they haven't had this any damn cancel culture, man. I mean, it got scary in December and January, but. Thankfully, the last couple months, it's gone better. Here's the thing. It got it got scary when it first began. And again, everybody looks at it differently. Uh, we canceled a, you know, a, a show for the first time because of it. But, you know, as, as time went on, you know, everybody looks at it a little bit differently. Obviously, a lot of people have passed away from it. We're sorry for their losses and everything. But um, as time goes on, I think more and more information about what this virus was and what it was will pan out. And I'm hoping there's a Netflix Netflix special on it eventually, like a, some sort of documentary. The truth? Of course, man. You think Hollywood will cover the truth? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, know. again, don't want to get too controversial. It would have to be an inter- independent producer. Otherwise, Hollywood would Hopefully, uh, everything's going back to normal June 15. Let's leave it at that, Fingers guys. crossed, man. Because yeah. I, I, I miss... A lot that, you know, that took place in 2019. 2020, I don't look at it as a year anymore. It's, it's you, you should. I, I'll tell you why you should. Because to to look at it as a, a, a year where it was glass half full rather than half empty, a lot of people got to spend more time with their family than they usually Ever would. Ever before. Right. So to some, I know some of you guys are thinking it caused some divorces yeah, yeah. and it brought some families even closer. Yeah. So it was so there there was a blessing at and it and it also allowed people to look outside of their. Again, this is for people who don't just sit around and wait for things to happen. It allowed people to look outside of whatever industry they're in, whatever job career they have, to see well maybe there's something else out there for me. Maybe I need to mm. innovate. Maybe yeah. I need to improve. So there, you could always. It changed the spectrum of every single business. Yeah. And it's crazy that all these high rises you see, uh, it yeah. sucks saying it. Majority of them are going to be empty. Yeah. They, they won't be. They will be, man. Put, no. Look, this is, this is not the first time. It's not the last time. Um, the only reason why I say it is because office jobs will be... Something else will replace it. Something there, else will, but it'll take time for whatever it is that needs to replace it because the transition was so quick... To the tech, and it's funny. We spoke about this in real estate in 2017, where our broker was even saying it: "Be prepared for a big tech jump. Be prepared for a big tech jump." And that tech jump was this man: virtual open houses. Um, you know, dude, I, I was doing showings with clients who were in Texas via FaceTime. I mean, mine, a person is purchasing a home 
through FaceTime. Well, home purchasing has become stupid today. You know it better than anybody. Well, yeah, of course. It's, it's the market's ri- a joke yeah, right it's, now. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, because money has no value anymore. Yeah, that's the problem. You're borrowing it at two and a half percent. Yeah. What I mean, just buy anything you want, right? That's that's where we're at. Hence the reason well, why. I, I hope everybody no just doesn't buy everything they want. But that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Uh, but uh, but you have they to should invest into making I mean, more movies, bro. You've got these developers, for example, Fry's Electronics. We talked about what done. they're trying to develop. Fry's there. is done, right? But what are they developing on that lot? Hundred fifty thousand square foot office, yeah, plus eight hundred something residential uh, lofts, and then retail space. These multi-billion-dollar developers, these guys know something. They're not just going to invest half a billion well, dollars yeah, there. What, what they want to create is more <coughs> of like a you live, you work, and you uh, buy in one area. Basically, and entertainment, everything, everything, yeah, everything, in, everything in one spot. Yeah. Basically, you live upstairs, you come downstairs, you work, you shop wherever it is. You know, no cars. With gas prices the way they are, that should work out. Bad. Electrical cars are going to take over <laughs> gas prices, gas gas cars eventually. There was this talk about the going full electric twenty thirty five. Our grid is not ready for that today. Imagine that. What do, you, do you drive an electrical car or you drive gas? Still? No, he's got gas. Cars. Yeah, but mind you, when electrical cars surpass gas cars, you'll see how quickly gas prices will drop. I mean, I'm I want to buy an electrical car. Yeah. Who so doesn't, bro? Who doesn't? You, and you ele- and gas Tesla cars will be cheaper. Hmm. Makes gas sense. cars will be cheaper. Mark my words. Eventually, probably yeah. Uh, other than that. Well, actually, one other question because we we get this question every time we have a mm-hmm. producer, director, somebody from uh, from Hollywood, from you know, entertainment industry. Is a lot of our younger generation wants to know how does one get into the industry, and there everybody has a different response. So you're a big name in Hollywood, uh, and and I'm sure you're going to do bigger, better things. As you're very young. Graduated in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, yeah. Five, oh, yeah. John was 52 already at the time. So, <laughs> um, That's fucked up. <laughs> what? 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 He's not even 52 now, bro. You don't know that. <laughs> That's he graduated Biden, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think so. Um, John, I still love you, bro. So how does, like like my my niece or my wife's niece, my niece, I mean, she's she just turned 20, for example. She's She's been... Also, uh, kind of wrestling with the idea of she wants to, uh, you know, try acting and all that. She, as a kid, she wanted to do it, but then, you know, just life happens and you go to school and all that. But, and I've had this question again asked many, many times: How does, wh- what are the steps one takes to, to, uh, to get into the industry to get their feet wet, mm-hmm. and. Because to me, it just it, it, it seems almost impossible to get into mm-hmm. that industry. Yeah, um, and is it even worth putting the time into it? To knowing that you have a point zero zero whatever percent chance, is it even worth investing the time? Uh, I mean, wha- wha- what's yeah. I mean, look, I'm a very <coughs> risk adverse person, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> it's like when my wife was, you know, my wife is a producer. She's incredibly successful, even outside of working with me. And at, at a time, she was an assistant. This is like years ago, right, when she finished school. And she was like, hey, I really hate being an assistant, which, you know, it's a very low-entry job. And even that's a hard job to get. But, you know, the idea is you do that for 10 years. You might eventually get to a place where you can start doing real stuff. 
she's like i want to quit i want to start producing and i was like babe like you cannot quit like you have a stable job you're in the industry she's like you did it i'm like i got lucky like i feel like i won the lottery like how are you gonna also get lucky and and you know to her credit she quit and she did it and she always reminds Surpass me you easily easily so um <laughs> So even you couldn't get your wife in, in, into the industry, or no, no. I mean, it's, it's it's funny. She's always concerned that people will think it's nepotism, but she's she's incredibly successful outside of me. Um, but like, look, I did the math about how many film schools there are in America. Like, I'm ignoring the rest of the world for a second, and there's a lot. And every year, how many people graduate and enter the workforce? It's thousands. And yeah. then, how many directors are still making movies that were making movies when we were kids? hundreds it's a ton like there's it's the not turnaround like around is not big in exactly that. so it's it's grim when you do the math it is like insanely grim so my advice to your niece and anyone who wants to be in the film industry is to take advantage of every opportunity that you have every unfair advantage if you have a rich uncle take that's advantage. you know get get some money get some money to go help fund a short film but make sure it's a good short film and I think the problem that I have found is that there's this idea that the Hollywood industry is a little bit of like a fairy tale thing. Like any, you always hear about the people who got discovered or like they did this one thing and it blew up for them. Ignore that. Like that's like someone saying I'm going to drop out of college because Bill Gates did. Like just ignore that entirely. You should have told me that 22 years ago. <laughs> My bad. I think, I think the biggest thing that you could do that costs very little is self-educate. It's nice to go to USC film school like I did and all these other film schools, but they're also incredibly expensive. And 90% of people that graduate from USC also don't necessarily make it. Yeah. But They're is, your is, competition, man. But is it even worthwhile, though? I mean, I, I've always thought anything that's artistic, um, you, you have to have it in you. It's not something you go to USC, Harvard to learn. I mean, isn't that how... Did you really learn how to make film in film school? Or yeah, it, I, I, I learned. I learned. Have? But what I got in film school was I met all of my future collaborators. I met Ryan Coogler, who's a director I work with quite a bit. I met Annie Chaganti, who's my writing partner. I met Natalie Kasabian, who's my producing partner slash wife. And those connections that are like, you know, what you call lateral connections, they're not above me, they weren't below me, but they were at my level, yeah. that proved invaluable. But my recommendation is read every book on screenwriting you could find. There's 30 books. Read all of them. Read every script that you can download off the internet. There's thousands of them. You should read at least 300. Like, Scripts. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, if you really think that you, this is for you, the easiest way that you can set yourself up apart from the thousands of people entering the workforce every year is be the one who's a master of the industry. So you're coming in with all this knowledge, and someone's like, you know what? I will hire you. You seem like you know what you're talking about. And then excel at your job because every job that you're doing is the interview for the next job. Because this industry is not like you get hired and you work somewhere for 20 years. You get hired for one movie, and that producer is going to hire you again. So, like, you just have to be the most hardest working and most educated person. Like, I think there's this weird saying, like, oh, I'm going to try and get in touch with this famous producer. I'm going to have a meeting with them, have a call with them. Like, why? What is that person going to do for you? If you happen to get in touch with a well-known or successful producer, you better be incredibly impressive on that call. Like, you better know everything about the producer, their entire filmography. You better be well-read. You better have a plan. You better have a script that you're going to make. You have to understand how to make something go viral. All of that stuff is really hard to do, but it's not impossible. You don't need connections to go on Amazon and buy some books. But if you do all that, you have a shot. That's At least that's what I believe. That's to become – that's on the back end or also to become an actor, actress? Um, if you're talking about acting, I have no idea. That That's a whole different scenario. I have no idea. But – the young lady in question does have a rich uncle that can, you know, where 
<laughs> Sitting right in front of us. Huh. It, does your does your niece want to be an actor? Actress, yeah. Actress, yeah. Um, that's tough. I uh, mean, I think my recommendation is make sure that she sets herself up apart from other mm-hmm. wannabe actors. Like, if she can, she go to she go to some acting classes, research the right ones. She should study like not like oh I watch movies so I'm good at acting, but like read <laughs> books on on acting. Um, and I think you know my recommendation is she needs to really focus on building a reel. Yeah. And it's hard to get cast. You're gonna be you're just gonna be a headshot over thousands of other actors. I think be careful to form. In my, this is my personal opinion, but I think you know you want to be that because nowadays everyone's gonna look people up on social media. Like you want to be able to like oh they look me up like I'm a professional. Like you're not yeah. just doing it for the fame. Like she should have nothing on her Instagram that has anything with her as an actor or like or her headshots. Like that kind of tells you like oh this person it's to her it's a job. She's trying too hard. Yeah, it's like, or it's like they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, but on top of that, like, it's it's a one in a million chance. Like, I will I will audition a movie that has, you know, big roles, but I'm gonna cast actors that have value that people will show up for. But in a movie, I might have a line, a, a role that has one line, and my casting director will look at 200 people, like who will like self tape. And nowadays it's at home, but usually they'll come in and tape. And then my casting director will literally cut out 180 of them and only send me and the director 20 of them. So then usually if it's a small role, I will let the director, he or she, choose his or her top four. And then I'll watch those and I'll, I'll approve whichever one I like or we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. But that's hard. Like like 200 that people will get and like the cast director has to just on their own just look at the best ones. It's so hard. And then you do that and then, you know, you do a couple of those and like you're barely making money. So like hopefully your rich uncle's helping to fund your life a little bit. And then maybe you'll get lucky and you'll maybe land a low budget indie film or like a student film and that student f- filmmaker graduates and becomes an indie filmmaker. Like it's really tough as an actor. I, I don't know how they do it. Um, I salute them. I think it's tough. It's connections as well, man. So you think I could be in this uh, Troy sequel? Troy? What happens after <laughs> when Troy falls? Troy falls. Yeah, it's the Odyssey? No. Is that Or is the that prequel. Troy? Prequel? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, nothing. 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 I don't. Brad Pitt hasn't been in a movie lately, so I thought <laughs> I'd jump in. <laughs> Remember, they're the Spartans. Spartans Sp- who <laughs> breach the walls of Troy. Someone was mentioning they should use you as a voice actor because of all the nice impressions you make. I don't have a rich uncle. <laughs> I'll be your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Call me uncle. <laughs> John, you want to sponsor me? <laughs> John will do it. Jeez, man. So, <laughs> thanks so much for taking time out of your Monday to be with us, man. Dude, thank really you guys. Appreciate it. it was nice reminiscing with you back in the high school days and 25 years ago. Yeah, 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> See, you weren't listening until we said it again. It's. it's it wasn't so bad, was it? No, man. This is so fun. Thank you, guys. Hopefully anything you, you, anything you want us to edit out? Everything. Just right, if you cool. could just delete the whole video, it would be great. Can we get you to say fuck, like, officially so we could use it, too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that called? The AR? ADR. ADR. Fuck. I'll use that. Fuck. Fuck. Different. Oh, man. Other than that, guys... Thanks for tuning in with us. Thank you for the transition from Facebook to YouTube. Uh, we had no technical difficulties today. Everything went fine. Only the first few seconds Mike said we're blurry. but That's probably Mike's internet. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram. Our daily memes are back. We crack up at them as Bro. well. 
I text, check out our memes. I text the guys every day almost. I'm like, yeah, every other day I, we, was I post, cra- I post I memes on our Instagram and people just lose their shit. Oh, I gotta man. check it out. That's so you gotta hilarious. check it out. Calls your kid 128 yeah. months old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the microwave one too. It's like the microwave beeps. It's like, here's your hot bowl with your cold food. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Guys, this will be this will be on iTunes. It'll be on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and everything. All the major platforms as far as with your uh, podcast. Manana. We'll see you next week with our new guests. Two. That's the only. Yeah, guests. That's yes. all you guys are gonna get from it for right now. But have a great week. Have a great weekend. Uh, and don't do anything I wouldn't yeah. do. And you know what? One last thing. Our thoughts and prayers go out to our motherland, Armenia, and our thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Palestine as well. Some of these videos that I'm watching online, I mean, we mention Armenia all the time, but seriously, our thoughts and prayers do go out to the people of Palestine. They're going through some freaking fucking crazy times right now. But it's, it's nice to see the world's waking up to the propaganda that's always been against them, and I hope the world wakes up to the propaganda against Armenians. 240 days ago today, Trump signed... A peace treaty between those two countries. Let that sink in, guys. Have a great week. Peace.